Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment while we bring on the Facebook tribe and get everybody inside the same tent and... We are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we had to kind of shed a little bit of a crocodile tear because one of both yours and my uh, free agent kind of dark horse wish list candidates, Eric Wilson, the linebacker of the Vikings, just got swooped up. John Houston, thanks for the super chat, brother. Yep, there goes Eric Wilson. You're, you're wondering. You see now that he's signed two ex-Vikings, right? George Payton. I wonder why not Wilson? Because it wasn't an exorbitant contract. No! <laughs> I, I'm very – it's not crocodile tears for me, Chad. It's actually legit tears. I broke down. I'm not going to lie. Like It was very disheartening to see that the Eagles stole – Eric Wilson, one year up to $3.25 million for a 26-year-old linebacker coming off a career season, still ascending into his prime, the walking turnover. So we know now money wasn't the issue as to why the Broncos did not pick him up. You know, the prevailing notion was he was asking for too much. He was holding out for starters money. That wasn't the case. This was the ultimate prove-it deal for the Eagles, who also got Anthony Harris for one year, $5 million. Great moves by Philadelphia, but I want wonder why wouldn't Peyton want to reunite with a linebacker of Eric Wilson's magnitude? I understand he's not a starter, but he plays inside, he plays outside, he's young, he would come cheap, obviously. I think, Chad, the Broncos dropped the ball here, for sure. It just makes you wonder what they're really thinking, because, again, you, you hear guys like Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell get panned for their lack of coverage chops, but I think that gets kind of blown out of proportion by fans and media. I think inside the building, Vic Fangio, George Payton, they're much more comfortable and confident with their two incumbent linebackers than a lot of fans and media would like to believe. And then you've got the the guy coming back off an injury from last year, Justin Sternod, whom, you know, that's who they're hoping he's going to be the guy that can do all that stuff. But Zach, as, as Mike Garofalo uh, reported, one year, $3.25 million to to get Eric Wilson – it wouldn't have cost all that much, so opportunity lost, but uh, 
It's just another notion, so to speak, that was busted. A lot of people just assumed that would be a quick, easy pickup for George Payton, and obviously it wasn't on his mind. Yeah, this is a highway robbery for Philadelphia, that kind of contract. And it's a great prove it, you know, uh, situation for Eric Wilson. But the Broncos obviously feel like they're set at outside linebacker. They have Malik Reed. They feel for now, I guess, set at inside linebacker. But what this signals to me, Chad, is the Broncos are going to prioritize that position through the draft. They might not have wanted to commit uh, millions of dollars to that spot, even though he would have played two spots. Like you're getting two players for one. So you're getting two players for $3.25 million. That's also Philip Lindsay money. So as good as George Payton's been with kind of pinching pennies, I wonder if he got a little too cheap and kind of uh, missed out on bringing a veritable talent to this Broncos defense. Indeed. Indeed. Well, guys, we have a great show planned for you tonight. Obviously we want to drill down on some of the latest quarterback rumors and since the last time we were able to talk at you on Monday there's been quite a few dominoes that have fallen into place obviously the Sam Darnold deal had had gone down by when we talked with you last but the very next morning we woke up to the news that ESPN Adam Schefter reporting the Panthers are going to go ahead and give Teddy Bridgewater permission surprise surprise to seek a trade we're going to talk about that especially in the wake of Outlets like Denver 7, Troy Rank reporting that the Broncos are expected to pursue or at least kick the tires on such a trade for Bridgewater. We're going to touch on that. We've got the great Scott Kennedy who covers the NFL draft. The NFL covers the Atlanta Falcons. That's going to join us here in a few minutes to get some of the inside scoop on the rumors that blazed up on Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday for that matter, of the Broncos perhaps being in the conversation for the Number four overall pick with the Atlanta Falcons after it was reported that the new GM there, Terry Fontenot, he's open for business. And being that Scott is a bona fide Falcons expert, we're going to get his take on just how much is it smoke, is it fire. We're going to get to all that here in just a moment. But first, gang, we got to take care of some really quick matters of business, starting with tonight's live stream pod presenting sponsor, Manscaped. Hey, here we are now, almost a full quarter. I mean – I guess the new year, new me mindset, if you were ever going to embrace it, you would have done it by now. Now it's about getting your male grooming on point in time to really capitalize on spring, to to really capitalize on things warming up around the U.S. and summer, right? You want to get your male grooming on point. Manscaped is here to help you do that. They've helped over 2 million men around the world do just that. So if you maybe have let yourself go a little bit, whether you want to charge it to the quarantine game or some other reason, Manscaped, Zach, here to help everybody get back on point. Yeah, you can blame the winter weather as well as a means to stay inside, but we're getting to spring now. Obviously, we're in spring. Things are warming up. Things are opening up, and I want to appeal to all the males out there, not just for below the belt, the lawnmower 3.0, as you can see in my hand, as you can hear, uh, as it fits in my hand, you can use it on your arms. I used this last night before I went to the gym because I wear sleeveless shirts there. I want to take the hair away from my arms, more definition. You feel better, you look better, and you just perform better at any task you do in life, whether you're at home, whether you're at work, whether you're at the gym, whether you're at the bar, wherever. Manscaped allows you, Chad, as we can attest, and a lot of people in the comments can attest. A lot of our listeners have picked up Manscaped and been uh, pleasantly surprised. I promise you, if you're a male with any sort of grooming need, whether you realize it or not right now, Manscaped is the way to go. And it's a good point. You guys have heard me say it before that I was kind of sleeping on how many cool tools are out there to really help you take your male grooming game to a whole other level. And I'm not necessarily talking about shaving, all right? Every dude knows or should know up to this point 
how to do that, whether it's on your face or elsewhere below the belt, et cetera. But all the cool different accoutrements that are out there and a company like Manscaped that offers those things from the crop preserver to the crop cleanser to the reviver to one of my favorites here and officially rubber stamped by Mrs. Jensen, the refined cologne. Don't sleep on this cologne. It is dope. So, guys, head on over to manscaped.com. If you use the code HUDDLE, you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping. And your boys down below, they'll thank you. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code HUDDLE. All right. We are, we'll, we'll take care of some of the other matters of business here in a bit. First, I want to bring on one of our great friends and a bona fide NFL. Just, he's, he's an expert. This is a man that knows what he is about. Had a great time joining you yesterday, Scott, on your show, on your channel. By the way, guys, go follow his his channel. Subscribe on YouTube. If you're not, you're seriously missing out. This dude goes above and beyond covering the NFL draft, the Senior Bowl. He was there. A lot of cool stuff. You go to YouTube.com. Where did I put the banner? YouTube.com. Here it is. Slash C slash Scott Kennedy. Scott, welcome, dude. It's great to see you again. And remember, the beaches are open. That's right. That's right. That's right. See, remember, remember, I'm in the southeast. I'm down here. We haven't closed. The beaches are open for business. That's funny you say that. Mess when you get out there. So you know, pay attention to what these guys are saying. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I enjoyed it the last time. We had a, a great talk with lots of positive feedback and. And what's fun about it, Chad, is a lot of the guys are saying, you know what, I'd like to see you talk with this guy, too. So Grant Cohn and I are going to talk 3-4 tomorrow night, 49ers. Yep. Uh, what are they going to do? I mean, we know it's quarterback, right? 
right? Going to be quarterback. <laughs> Is it so Mac what's Jones? Gonna what's going to happen at four? So Grant and I are going to have that discussion tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And since we're in mountain time for a lot of Broncos fans, we do the math, carry the one, 8 p.m. <laughs> mountain time. There you go. Yes, so Grant Cohen, for those of you who don't know, he is uh, our counterpart covering the San Francisco 49ers for Sports Illustrated slash Fan Nation and an insider and an expert on the Niners. So definitely want to check out that conversation. Scott, uh, as far as the the Falcons-Broncos, as we talked about yesterday on your channel, some rumors ignited over the last couple of days, a lot of speculation do you see the Falcons actually trading out of four? Because now yes. we heard you, – you mentioned this right before we went live. Mm-hmm. We've now heard the Cowboys might be interested mm-hmm. in moving yeah. up for a one Kyle Pitts. Yeah, it's, it started – I said at the very beginning, the ideal situation for a 4-12 and 12 Atlanta Falcons team with a plus quarterback – and you know this starts off a lot of debates amongst, amongst Falcons fans because the quarterback's going to get too much credit, quarterback's going to get too much blame, but Matt Ryan is a plus quarterback in this league. And he's 36 years old. So when I look at that, I thought, you know what? This is a quarterback-heavy draft. Let's get the quarterback of the future, especially with Justin Fields being from Kennesaw, Georgia, just 20 miles, 30 miles north of the city, um, and all that talent that's there. But what makes the most sense is if they don't decide to get their quarterback of the future is to trade back. Uh, They don't have any room under the salary cap, and they've got some gaping holes. And frankly, they're not one player away uh, whether that's you know Kyle Pitts or Penny Sewell or uh, a corner or whoever it might be, Jamar Chase, they're not one player away from competing for a title. Now, they're saying all the right things. New general manager Terry Fontenot, new head coach Arthur Smith, they're not talking about this being a rebuilding job. I'm a lifelong Atlanta sports fan. I'm cynical. This is a rebuilding job. They're not ready for the, They're not making a push at the Super Bowl. There's too many holes there. So ideally – they're going to want to trade back. Now, I've been saying this for three months. Schefter posted it yesterday or Monday that he's hearing that that they're, they're open for business and they're receiving calls. What that means to me is, Adam, go ahead and push this when you're talking. We've been saying it behind the scenes. He's getting the green light from the general managers to go ahead and let's, let's get that out there and get people like us talking more about it. So, yes, the Atlanta Falcons are open for business. And, frankly, what would be best for them – is to move down half a dozen spots and pick up another first and second round pick. Scott, you know, I'm cynical as well, but I'm also kind of a devil's, you know, uh, devil's advocate. If they do stay at four, what is the player, the non-quarterback? Just curious that you would see the Falcons taking. I, I don't know. I, I really don't. A non-quarterback, you know, people are on this Kyle Pitts bandwagon. Um, and yeah, he's he's a, a great player, and they're like, oh, you take the best player available. I'm like, well, the best player available is relative. You know, for me, the best player available in that spot would be Penny Sewell, a, a, a possible number one overall in most drafts at a left tackle position, which is more of a premium position than the highest drafted tight end ever if you take Kyle Pitts in that spot. And the last thing the Atlanta Falcons need is another pass catcher. There's two places where they're pretty solid, and that's it. Well, quarterback, if you count Matt Ryan, is, is okay. Um, but he's 36, so I don't consider that solid. They're solid at pass catchers, receivers. Julio Jones has some more years in him. Calvin Ridley showed that he could be a true number one at the receiver position. And linebacker, they actually have a pretty good linebacking crew, young linebacking crew. After that, there's gaping holes all over the place. For the love of God, don't go get another <laughs> receiver. You're, uh, about 50% of your of your salary cap's already tied up 
with Calvin with uh, with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan right now anyway, and and Calvin Ridley is going to need a new contract in the next year, and he's going to be quadrupling his money. So uh, another receiver at number four, and I, I call a receiver tight end is a receiver. Um, I, another pass catcher at number four to me would be asinine. So if someone like Jerry Jones, who uh, uh, Adam um, Chris Mortensen, Adam was his son, uh, Chris Mortensen, who played football at Arkansas, um, that was Alex Mortensen. Chris Mortensen says Jerry Jones is in love with Kyle Pitts. All right. Well, if you want to get Kyle Pitts, you might have to trade into the top five. I just don't. I don't know. I know he's he could end up being an ex receiver. He could end up being a guy that works on the boundary, but. The, the historical precedent for top 10 drafted tight ends, man, it's pretty grim. They don't usually turn out. Well, now, that's not to say that yeah, Kyle Pitts couldn't. Scott, that but. Way, Chad, I don't, I don't want to play that way where, you know, you got to trust your evaluations. You know, if you, if you don't trust your evaluations, you're in the wrong business. So if you think this is going to be the guy, then what is that worth to you? And to me – it's not worth a, a number four overall. Yeah. It, it's, it's just not. Even if you trust your evaluations, not for this team, not this year, not right now. For somebody else, if I'm the Miami Dolphins and I need a number one, Kyle Pitts might be worth a lot more than just a number four pick. And it might be worth a lot more than a number four pick or a, number, you know, a later number one to someone else. And that's what the Falcons are banking on. However, we can talk quarterbacks too because that's why it might become even more valuable. Real quick, shout out to Levi, who was with us yesterday on Scott's channel, dropping a super. Appreciate you, Levi. He says, hey, fellas, just showing some support. Enjoyed Scott and Chad together. Good info. Really appreciate that, Levi. And if you liked seeing Scott, obviously you want to check out his channel, but we also have some really cool content coming down the pike in the very, very near future here at MHH that is going to feature Mr. Scott Kennedy. So be on the lookout for that. All right, so, Zach, I know you got something on your mind. Go. I do, Scott. Okay, let's assume the Falcons want to trade down, and let's assume the Broncos want to move up to four. What would it take? We've heard three first-rounders, two first-rounders, one first-rounder, and your you know, educated opinion, what would that cost? Well, typically, the last 10 years, going back to 2012, and, and we'll count from 2012 to 2021, everyone that has traded into the top five has taken a quarterback every single time. Now, the cheapest ones have cost about a second and third, and that's just the flop spots. Number two and number three, uh, I think that was 2017. I'm checking Bears and 49ers. It cost them a third, a fourth, and a third. So two-thirds and a fourth just to go from two to three. So to move up five or six spots, it's going to cost somebody else their first and probably another higher round pick, maybe even a second. The precedent there, the lowest that I've seen, was uh, the Colts and Jets for Sam Darnold from three to six, and that cost three number twos. So it's going to be expensive to move into the top five. But again, every single time someone has traded into the top five in the last 10 years, they've taken a quarterback. So the fact that the 49ers are amping up Mac Jones just made the Falcons <laughs> pick that much more valuable because yep. – to me, it was assumed, okay, that, that pick went, you know, the, the, the draft capital on that just went to, went to bed because you're talking Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. So expect the Falcons and the Bengals to start talking up Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Get all these smoke signals out there. They're going to talk them up. They're going to talk them up. Why? Because, like I just said, every team that's moved into the top five has taken a quarterback. So if you want the max value for that pick, 
you better be hyping a quarterback. Well, the 49ers are doing that for him. Thank you, San Francisco. And I'm going to thank Grant when I talk to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said on the when last pod. Sorry, go ahead, Zach. I was I was going to say the Falcons know at number four, Scott, that any court, any team that wants to come up would want a quarterback. So their leverage is higher than it would be in any other given year. Yeah, and 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 that's where I thought it was going to go away when when uh, those moves made because one of their trade partners was going to be Carolina, and Carolina yeah. saw what the 49ers traded for and said, "To hell with that!" Right. You know, I mean, they gave up three first round picks to move into to move into that spot to move into the number three spot. If that offer was made to Terry Fontenot at number four, yeah, you know, he better have taken that. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I think the Dolphins may have overpaid a little bit, but I think the Dolphins want to make sure they get their number one receiver. So, you know, look for them. They want Jamar Chase and maybe even Kyle Pitts. So they, they're like, listen, we picked up another number one. We're going to pick up a number one and get our receiver. We're pretty happy. Good for them. But I thought that really hurt the Falcons' chances. Uh, but – now, all of a sudden, Mac Jones and Trey Lance are both getting legitimate top three type of, of talk. How legit is that? To me, it's, it's not. I don't think those, those two guys are top five picks. I think the, th- the first three are Lawrence, uh, Wilson, and Fields. And the other ones, you want to move back a little bit and, and try and take them. But it only takes one guy. I lost a steak right. dinner on Tim Tebow getting drafted in the first round. Sorry, <laughs> the Broncos. I said, no way. Is this guy yeah. a first-round pick? Technically, I was wrong, but I wasn't wrong. <laughs> it only takes one. It only takes one general manager to fall in love with this guy, and that's what Mike Fisher, our colleague at with the Dallas Cowboys uh, at Fish Sports, said that you know he he is reiterating what Chris Mortensen was saying that Jerry Jones might be in love with Kyle Pitts, and to get up into that top five, you're going to have to outbid some people that are looking for a quarterback. Man, that would blow my mind. Some quick housekeeping. Andy Cowhick, appreciate the super chat, my brother. You've really come on strong lately, and we appreciate you. And by the way, very cool to connect with you on Twitter as well. He says, is it draft night yet? Ready to be done with all the speculation. Much love from Oklahoma. Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being. And, John, I know you got one from Mark who uh, hopped in early. Appreciate you, Mark Langley, bona fide superstar. He says, uh, what's up, my guys? Hashtag huddle up on football priest. MHH and Hey John. He's always got a direct message for the producer, John K. Appreciate you, Mark. Dude, I can't bl- – and Muhammad as well. Appreciate you, brother. Always showing up every single night without fail, not only participating in the conversation, showing love, supporting the channel, supporting the podcast. So MHH male models. You can see, Scott, this is a guy that takes his brand placement very seriously, ordered a hat, ordered a hoodie, and then the perfect – you know, he's got the angle – Dope. Love, love you, Mo. Um, I love it. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm not tired of the speculation. I mean, I grew right. up, up on the draft just because, again, as an Atlanta sports fan, I, I had to watch the draft because I wasn't, it wasn't much fun watching the 49ers and Rams <laughs> and you know, beating yeah. the hell out of the Falcons every year. Uh, and then the Braves were terrible you know, when I was a kid. So I was all about minor league baseball and draft. And to me, this is one of the most interesting drafts and intriguing drafts that we've had in a long, long time. Because of the premier positions of quarterback, because of there's depth, there's there's guys all the way through 12 that could be top five picks in most drafts. I, I think this is an impact draft, and um, you know I think both of our fan bases should be certainly be excited about drafting in the top 10. 
Well, Scott, dude, thanks for making some time for us tonight. And again, to all of the great MHH listening community out there, stay tuned because we have some fun programming coming up in the very near future that's going to feature the draft and personnel and evaluation acumen of Scott Kennedy. So stay tuned for that. Follow him on Twitter, as you can see on the screen, at Scout Kennedy. But of course, on YouTube, it's youtube.com slash C slash Scott Kennedy. We will put the actual link to his channel in the chat, so it'll make it easy on you guys to, to find it. But Mosey over there, give him a subscription. It all helps out in a big, bad way. So, Scott, thanks again for coming on, bro, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. All right, y'all. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. There he goes, Scott Kennedy. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Man, I love Scott Kennedy. I say it on the, I say it every chance I get, dude. Scott Kennedy is uh, one of my mentors in this business. T- has taught me a lot. Has helped me out a lot. Uh, has helped MHH out a lot. So, always excited to talk with him and excited to uh, unveil some cool things we got coming up next week. Starting next week, that are going to involve Scott here at MHH. Fat Cats, appreciate that super chat, brother. Good to see you. Talk about consistency. He says, just when I thought the quarterback talk was dying down, here we go again. Hell to the no on Teddy Bridgewater. If Sam Darnold isn't a big enough upgrade over Drew Locke, how in the world would this make sense? Hashtag priest and beast. All right, Zach, let's let's break the ice on this topic because I know the, the fellas last night, uh, MHI doing a pod swap with building the Broncos, talked about this, but what are your thoughts on the possibility? Let me just let me let me Hate posture it. it this way. What if you get his contract somewhere below 10 million a year and it's a fourth or fifth round pick to get Teddy here? So you want to spend, let's say, seven or eight million dollars on a backup quarterback and give up 
capital on top of that. No. I mean, you can just sign someone off the street. You can draft someone in the middle rounds, in the second round, or whatever. Teddy Bridgewater offers nothing. I mean, there's nothing uh, that he can do that Drew Locke can't. You know, even you can talk about his athleticism, but he's more of a, I believe, more of a pocket passer than a scrambling-type quarterback. And he's just... A jack. He's like a little higher-end version of Tyrod Taylor. I never liked Taylor, and for the same reasons, I don't like Bridgewater. He doesn't do anything for me, and I don't think Locke would benefit. The quarterback they bring in, Chad, non-first-round quarterback, let's say, it has to be a guy that Drew Locke can learn from, or at least can can uh, bounce things off of and get better from and, and, and really grow with. Teddy Bridgewater, to me, having failed in Minnesota, having failed in Carolina now, is not that guy. And I'm totally done with taking on other teams' sloppy seconds. You want another quarterback, just draft one. Stop acquiring contracts and giving up draft picks for has-beens. Well, see, I'm, I'm going to differ with you on this. And by the way, shout-out to Randy Jones. Appreciate the stars, my friend. John's going to keep an eye out for any questions that you might have in the chat. Um, I, I'm going to differ with you on this a little bit because when it was, if, if you were to say to me, Chad, it's going to cost a, a mid-round pick, conditional or not, plus you've got to take on the entirety of that whole enchilada of an albatross of a contract that Teddy has, then it's a, it's a hard no for me as well. But if he does, if he is willing to accept significantly lesser money, which I doubt. I mean, if I'm Teddy Bridgewater, I'm saying – George, it'd be great to reconnect with you again. It was great our time together in Minnesota. But look, dude, if you cut me, if the if the Panthers cut me, I know that I can <clears throat> go out there on the free agent market and bring in north of ten million as a floor at some point. If I if I stick my guns between now and when the season starts, some NFL team out there will pay me that. I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and just you know pass on that offer. But if he was willing, here's why I would like it, Zach. Not only the familiarity with with Peyton feeling comfortable there, but we know one of the things because you know Drew Locke was a Vic Fangio draft pick, and by that I simply mean that in his first year as head coach, he was in the room, helped was a part of the rubber stamping process of John Elway trading up, grabbing Drew when he started to fall and was in the second round. What he hated, and I know Vic Fangio still believes in Drew, but what he hated was the turnovers that consistently put his very battered and beat up. Uh, defense in difficult situations, short fields, etc. Teddy Bridgewater, for all of his warts and faults, and I'm with you. Like there, you look at his body of work in the NFL outside of his 2015 campaign, in which he led the Vikings to the playoffs, earned himself a Pro Bowl nod. He's very lackluster in terms of you know if if you even have any hint of a dream about Star Wars numbers, Teddy's not your guy. Teddy's a guy that's going to give you 15 to 20 touchdowns if he starts all 16 games. But he's only going to turn it over, you know, nine, ten times, eleven times, maybe as interception. So that's the one thing I like about it, combined with the familiarity with Pat Shermer. Even though he never really played for Pat in Minnesota, because timeline-wise, Pat Shermer took over for uh, what's what's his name, dude, the uh, North Turner. All right, when when in the middle of the 2016 season, Shermer was the tight ends coach in Minnesota. North steps down, he takes over as interim OC. And that year, in that offseason, spring ball is when Teddy suffered that grievous knee injury. So he didn't get to play under Shermer in 16. And then 17, when Shermer's the official OC, and that was the, the, the Case Keenum year and Sam Bradford trade and all that, Teddy worked his way back, got cleared to play, never really did play, although I'm sure late in the year I know he practiced. So he never really played under Shermer. But, Zach, there's at least a familiarity there as a hedge only. It's only insurance. I like the idea. But – not if you got to pay him even anywhere close to his $23 million cap number. Well, 
About the familiarity, I mean, is that really a factor considering George Payton just passed on signing Eric Wilson? He passed on signing Anthony Harris. I mean, he brought in Mike Boone, but it doesn't seem like he's going out of his way to reunite with his former players. And Bridgewater, I believe last year's numbers, and again, he lost McCaffrey, but he still had good receivers in Carolina. I think it was 15-11 TDs to interceptions. Yep. So it, it, it's it's negligible. I mean, that's almost a, a one versus one kind of right there. I'd rather take a chance with the upside quarterback in Drew Locke. And my last point here, Chad, if Joe Brady, who is can run circles around Pat Shermer as an offensive mind in today's NFL, if he couldn't do much and unlock Teddy Bridgewater and preserve him beyond one season as a starting quarterback – what chance does Bridgewater have, assuming he gets a chance to play this year, if Locke gets hurt or Locke bombs again, what chance the Broncos offense has to succeed with Pat Shermer scheming plays for Teddy Bridgewater? It's not a good combination to me, and I'm of the mind, you want another quarterback draft one, you have a higher upside guy, you have untapped potential, you have a guy already in the system, roll with him for one more year. I'd rather throw a couple more picks, Chad, but I'd rather get a couple more touchdowns on top of that as well and really open up the offense. I'm with you, and make no mistake, I, I am in no way saying, dump lock, go get Teddy. Teddy is a veteran hedge behind Drew. I'm still all about my number one priority at the position right now is running back with Drew. I still think that's in the best the team's best interest overall on multiple macro levels. Bridgewater, to me, would just be a nice, comfortable, um, confident hedge that I think could not only fit with Shermer, but you know, ameliorate any concerns fans you might have for turning the ball over. Uh, Brad Murdoch, one of our great supporters on Facebook, showing out the stars. He's on a nine-week streak. Appreciate you, my, my you, dog. Brad. He says, shout out to you guys. Great podcast, as always. And go Broncos. Really appreciate you, Brad. J- um, John and Zach, real quick, I want to grab this from John Libick on Facebook, another one of our great supporters. Are you guys going to do a draft day pod with all you guys like you did last year? Of course, we are going to do another uh, MHH kind of war room, Some, a couple different things. Before the draft, we're going to do a, a big mock all right, that involves all the pod hosts. And then on draft day, Zach, we're going to do the same thing where we're going to stream for the first round. Zach and I will be there for the first round. The second, uh, day two and day three, we might pop in. But I know all the draft guys, they're going to be streaming. It's going to be like a watch party for the draft. Okay. Now, unlike last year, we can't make the mistake of streaming the television broadcast again from, from any of our social media channels. We're not going to do that. But it's going to be, Zach, like a watch party where everyone can hang out with us while we kind of riff on what we're seeing each team do and all the picks and maneuvers. And I promise I won't spoil the pick like I did last time when I announced it was Jerry Judy. But it's going to be fun, Chad, because there's so much suspense. And we might get on the clock early. We might have to break into our conversation early if the Broncos move up to number four with the Falcons pick, if they take a quarterback. It's going to be a fun night regardless. And when we're on these big live roundtables, I look forward to them every single year. They're a lot of fun, and I know they were the, the, the round one stream last year was one of our biggest live stream in terms of just the audience it reached and the number of views it got of the year. So we're definitely going to do that. Now, BG, a.k.a. Brian Greenfield, one of our great superstars, appreciate you, brother. Thank you. He says, would you take Sewell uh, if Devontae Smith was on the board? Thoughts? Hope I don't butcher these names too bad. Excited we could – have an excellent player fall to us. Would I take Sewell over Smith? Yes. I'm not taking another wide receiver in the first round, dude. No way. No way. 
Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Scott's argument about the Falcons not needing another pass catcher literally mirrors the argument we're making in Broncos country, Shad. The, yeah. It's the last thing the Broncos need is a tight end or a receiver. So if Sewell's the pick at number nine or if it's uh, Slater at number nine, a tackle, I would not hate this at all because we talk about defense, we talk about inside linebacker, we talk about quarterback and safety, but right tackle behind Juwan James is a glaring need that the Broncos should address sooner and not later. All right, really quick here. We got another great one from uh, Mo in the house again. Shout out to my good friend, Dub Beast at John K M H H on Twitter. And then, of course, Flexing. Appreciate you, Mo, as always, brother. Um, all right. So, the topic of, of Teddy again, I just want to clarify one last time. I like it under very specific conditions. And I'll be frank with everybody, those conditions are very unlikely to happen just because. Look, even if uh, the Broncos are willing to part with a fourth or a fifth round conditional, Teddy Bridgewater knows he can probably get north of $10 million on the open market if he forces the Panthers to cut him because the Panthers are not going to hold on to him. I mean, we can look at his – actually, now that I say that, Zach, I haven't looked at his his dead money. Let me, let me, I'm, let me take a I'm look sure it's, it's, uh, it's pretty staggering. That contract is, is terrible. Terrible deal yeah. for Carolina. Definitely a uh, – they're regretting that one in a big, bad way. And I was actually surprised at how bad the Panthers were. I expected Teddy Bridgewater, even though he's not, again, he's not a Star Wars numbers guy. He's very conservative. He's smart with the ball. He doesn't take a lot of chances. But he's typically won wherever he's been, whether it was Louisville, Minnesota, New Orleans when he had to step in. I think he was undefeated as a starter for the Saints, right? But that was with uh, Sean Payton. So that's a far cry from what was going on in Carolina. But they finished 4-11 and in the 15 starts he had 
And I'm looking at this, Zach, 20 million. So I'm wrong on that. 20 million in dead money. You can't cut Teddy Bridgewater. It's a trade or bust for the Carolina Panthers. So that does alter the equation slightly in terms of leverage. If they were going to cut him, which obviously for the reasons that you just named, they can't now, I would accept Bridgewater for like a one-year, $5 million contract because I wouldn't assume that he would net 10, 12, 15 like Dalton or Ryan Fitzpatrick because they got their deals last month when things were still up in the air. Teams that need quarterbacks either have them at this juncture, Chad, or going to draft them in a couple weeks from now. So a person like Teddy Bridgewater on the open market, he might hurt for a uh, a substantial contract. I wouldn't mind him on those terms, but to give up a draft pick for him and pay him even a reduced salary of $10 million bucks, it's a no-go for me. All right, well, I'm going to grab this one here from uh, Dakota. Good to see you. Dakota, another one of our great superstars, including Levi, that jumped over and uh, checked out Scott Kennedy's channel yesterday when we did a a, a podcast together. Appreciate you, Dakota. He says, what's good? Can't wait till draft day. The suspense is killing me. What George Payton's plans are. Yeah, he's hard. He's look, we, he's a hard one to read. And I think George Payton's going to always be a hard one to read Zach, but it just makes it all the more difficult for all of us because there, I mean, you can try and, and look at Minnesota Vikings past draft classes when he was in the second chair and all that. And you, and it might lead you to certain conclusions that probably won't be too far off base, but this is his first year. This is his first draft as the GM. We don't know. We, it's going to, until we at least get one class under this guy's belt, man, it's hard to, it's hard to project. I will say, though, if they emerge from the draft without taking a quarterback, I think Peyton told us all along who he is because he was a lock proponent. He believes in not being reckless and but being aggressive and looking into every deal, but he also loves draft picks. So on April 30th, we'll know what George Peyton is, but I agree with you. We want one class under his belt, one offseason under his belt, and one season under his belt, and we'll have a clearer picture next year of how he will manage this organization. C.J. Morris, a newer name on Super Chat, jumping in. Appreciate you, C.J. Welcome. Thank you. Connect with us on Twitter. Here's how you do that. Uh, As you can see on screen, my partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen, the podcast, at Huddle Up Pod, the main account, at Mile High Huddle, and then our producer, at John KMHH. So connect with us on Twitter. We like to be able to shout out and, and keep tabs on our superstars, and then, of course, keep the conversation going. Um, Ed Keating, good to see you, brother. Appreciate the love. He says, thanks, Chad and Zach. Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being. We know, we know it, dude. You're a you're a ride or die Broncos fan and a ride or die MHH superstar. Uh, real quick here, John. I am um current just for what it's worth. I'm gonna grab a couple that are right here from Dakota. I agree with Zach. Draft a quarterback if you're gonna spend draft capital to get a QB, no more sloppy seconds. So Zach, lest people misinterpret what you're saying, are you advocating, you know, all things being equal for the Broncos to to get a quarterback? Or you're just saying, if you're going to give up capital, I'd rather you draft one than give one up for like a Teddy Bridgewater. It's the capital, it's it's the contract, and it's the upside. I think you know, you know the, the bloom is off the Bridgewater Rose as far as I'm concerned. Unless he lands in a premium system surrounded by talent, I think he is what he is at this point, and he never really came back from that injury, unfortunate as it was. So if they want another quarterback, and I'm being a realist, I'm a Locke fan, but I'm being a realist, and I'm assuming the Broncos will add a quarterback, be it a veteran or a rookie, why not just draft one in the, in the middle rounds if you don't use your first-round pick on one? He'd be cheaper, he 
he'd be higher upside and he he'd be cost controlled, Chad. You know, it, it would just be better business overall, I think, for George Payton at that spot if and only if he's committed to lock for this season. I've got one here from Zach and then also a YouTube question from Todd Ostendorf. I want to get after after Zach here, but Zach Lee Butler, good to see you, brother. Great bonafide name. superstar. Definitely bonafide. Appreciate you, man. He says, is it just me or is Penn State linebacker, uh, linebacker Micah Parsons now looking like the more obvious choice if the Broncos stay at pick nine, Denver Broncos for life? What say you, Zach? Obvious. I don't think for the like, – we just mentioned how it, it, vague Peyton has been. I don't think anyone's obvious right now. I think uh, Parsons is higher on the Broncos draft board than fans realize. I think some of the scandals at Penn State were kind of blown up by the media and are a bigger issue for the media than they are for NFL evaluators. He will be an option, but it depends – where exactly he ranks? Is he above Fields or a quarterback? Is he below uh, someone like Sewell or someone like Patrick Sertan? We do not know that. But I'm telling you now, don't discount Micah Parsons being the pick at number nine or if they move down the pick at number 12, 13, or 15. Here's an interesting question from Todd on YouTube. Appreciate the question, my friend. How sold was John Elway really when he drafted Locke? Interesting question because, as we know, Elway passed on Locke technically three times, although in reality it was twice because even though he he drafted Dalton Reisner one pick ahead of Drew Locke, that pick, if he was unable to make a trade, if he didn't know that trade was coming and it was done deal, he probably takes Drew at 41, not, not Reisner at 41. But nevertheless, Elway had the chance to draft Drew, and a lot of people, including myself, I was expecting John Elway and the Broncos to take Drew at number 10. Didn't do that. They traded back to 20 with the Steelers. Didn't take him there, took Noah Fant instead. So how sold was Elway? I think he has a true and sincere belief then and now in Drew Locke, but just not – he still has too many rough edges to go hook, line, and sinker with a right. first-round pick. And I think as well – if John Elway, Zach, wasn't still somewhat traumatized by the Paxton Lynch swing and a miss, he probably does just take him at pick 10 and doesn't think twice about it. But that gives him a second thought. He drags his feet, drags his feet, Drew plummets, and he finally gets him in the second round, which, you know, if you believed in, in Drew as a potential franchise caliber guy, that was a great pick for John Elway. Great value, yeah. And I firmly believe that Elway was 100% all in on Drew Locke because his actions, not just his words, demonstrated that last year when he made the offseason about Drew Locke and building up the talent and the coaching staff, or so we thought, around him. I also think, to an extent, Elway was kind of in love with the idea of having a young franchise quarterback that he drafted. I think it could have been anyone in that spot, not necessarily Drew Locke, and he would have got on board with that kind of mindset and exploring that avenue after failing with the retreads, the Case Keenums, the Joe Flaccos, but there's no indication that that Elway was not all in on Drew Locke. I think he was, and I think he's, to this day, still is. Shout out to Kobe. Appreciate the stars, my friend. It's hard for us to see on our end if you actually attached a question to those stars, but just wanted to give you some love. Really appreciate the support. Um, All right. That being said, Zach, let's see what we've got here, because we're already at 40 minutes after our great conversation with Scott Kennedy. Let me grab Dennis Woods. Appreciate you, Dennis. Another superstar rocking the MHH dad hat like a boss. Didn't Bridgewater say he wanted to be a starter? Yeah. He's he's tired of sitting, man. 
I mean, first of all, he went through that rigmarole in Minnesota after his knee, watching the team go out and trade for Sam Bradford. And then even after he came back and, and felt he was healthy enough to play, was cleared by the team, they continued to roll with Case Keenum. And I understood that, Zach, because Keenum had that team on a roll. He was in a mind meld with Shermer. Don't fix what ain't broke. But then he goes to New Orleans, or actually first he goes to New York, right, to the Jets. Then he goes to New Orleans. He wants to start. He's tired. Of, he doesn't want to sit behind anybody. But the problem is his 2020 tape, Zach, doesn't scream no unquestioned starter, right. go give up whatever you can to get him. And like in the case of Alex Smith, it doesn't matter what he wants. The NFL does not view him apparently as a starting caliber quarterback or else the Panthers would not have acquired a former first-round bust in Sam Darnold. So uh, Bridgewater, I I firmly believe, and it's nothing against him personally. You know, he had a great comeback story after that catastrophic injury. I just think the the bloom is off that Bridgewater rose, and I think he's shown what he is at this level. He couldn't make chicken salad last year with the likes of Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and having Joe Brady call plays for him I don't think he and in, in New Orleans as well Chad he wasn't blowing the lid off any team with Sean Payton at the controls so he is forever I believe a fringe starter like a Tyrod Taylor a, a high-end backup or a low-end starter that's all he will be going forward at least to me Blue Raw in the house good to see you brother Chris appreciate you my friend he says what's up boys back from the VID from the from the VID Zach interpret I don't know. Is that some sort of uh, military term? I don't know. I don't know. But either way, Back good to have you in the room. Uh, we got a, a star from Dave on – we're going to just call him Facebook superstars. That's the – keep it simple, all right? And, and unfortunately, like you guys heard us mention on Monday, unlike on YouTube where YouTube shows us when there's a – when we're on StreamYard, it's very clear when there's a, a super chat on YouTube – on Facebook, we actually have to go off of StreamYard to see if there's any stars. So, Dave, appreciate that, my friend. He says, our defense is going to be legit this year. I believe Locke also will have a great year. From what other players have been saying, how hungry he is and motivated, I'm thinking it's going to be a good thing. I agree. I do agree. I think Drew's angling for a decent a decent year here, Zach. And I believe Blue Ra meant the word that shall go unnamed. Uh, that's something uh, in the comment vid. Okay, now. Okay. So uh, good to hear Blue Ra. We hope that, you know, you're healthy, feeling good. We appreciate you tuning in with us tonight. The big thing about Teddy Bridgewater is he doesn't, he's not blowing anybody away with his tools. He's not blowing anybody away. Um, you know, he's, he's a relatively accurate passer. The biggest thing about Teddy, uh, CJ, appreciate that. Broncos need to stick with Locke. Uh, about Teddy is he's more of a leader of men type guy. Like he's a guy that his teammates follow. And that's the reputation he's had dating all the way back to high school. This was something I learned yesterday talking to Scott Kennedy, who, you know, Scott, he's a guy that made his name in this business. He's one of the godfathers of recruiting in sports media. Recruiting used, used to be something that you'd have to read about in, in your local newspaper. If you followed whatever your college team was or like sports illustrated and you were waiting a long time. You weren't getting up to date, you know, in the in the moment, real time information. Digital media changed that. Pioneers of that realm. Scott was one of those guys, and so he he saw a lot of the current players that are in the NFL, um, you know, at the call at the high school level during their recruiting period, where schools were looking at them. And he he says that was the thing about Teddy was he was just a magnetic leader of men. But, but Zach, that doesn't necessarily put food on the table as we learned from Vance Joseph. 
And I also think that Locke has those traits as well. I think his teammates gravitate toward him. I think that he has the respect of the locker room. And uh, whatever Bridgewater can offer, I believe Drew can offer and more. But real quick on the defense, Chad, we didn't touch on this, this the signing of Shamar Steven, the former Vikings defensive lineman. I want to say now the defense being legit, this defensive line, it will not get any mainstream attention by the press, by fans or whatever. But this defensive line, guys, if you look at it, they are low-key stacked now. You have Shelby Harris. You have Draymond Jones. You have Mike Purcell. But behind them, you have Ajim, Deshaun Williams, now Shamar Steven. And this is before the draft, coached by Bill Kolar with that secondary and those pass rushers. This defense, Chad, has no excuses, health-willing, not to be a top-five or top-three unit this season. Yep, in case you guys missed it, this was a move that was made yesterday. Broncos signed former Vikings defensive lineman Shamar Stevens. So, uh, all right, let's grab this one from Terrence. Appreciate the question. He says, hey, Zach, you saw the Daniel Jeremiah recent mock. He's taking Penny Sewell at number nine for Denver. Your thoughts? I'd like the move. I did see, I didn't see though like who he took Sewell over. I mean, I love to pull that up and see if he took Sewell over Parsons or over a quarterback or I, I would not hate the move if it is Sewell. If that's like their plan C scenario or plan B even, but I would not take Sewell over a quarterback, obviously, or maybe not even over Micah Parsons. They have tackles. I mean, they're paying Juwan James a lot of money. They're paying Garrett Bowles a lot of money. We would love to have a premium blue chip backup right tackle, but we need inside linebackers, cornerbacks, and depending how you feel, a quarterback as well. So I'd be interested uh, who Jeremiah passed up on at that spot. I'll tell you who the next few picks were. Uh, Quiddy Pay at 10 for the Cowboys. Devontae Smith, 11 to the Giants. Sertan to the Eagles, the corner. Patrick Sertan from Alabama. Um, J.C. Horn, 13 to the Chargers. Jalen Phillips, the edge to the Vikings. Micah Parsons, 15 to New England. So he had him passing on Micah Parsons to take Penny Sewell. And you know what, Zach, if I, I – I wouldn't love it, but I wouldn't hate it because it's a blue right. chip guy. He's a guy that was viewed as a potential number one overall pick in the pre-draft. You know, if, if Trevor Lawrence isn't in this class before everything started coalescing and the and the quarterbacks kind of shuffle came into focus, Penny Sewell was viewed as like lock him down, sure thing, blue chip left tackle guy for the NFL. I would not hate that because you don't know what's going to happen in the future with Juwan James, but I would still, in terms of current immediate real-time impact plus the future I prefer Micah Parsons and I know he has some his warts and I know he has his concerns with the with the off the field stuff but that's that would be a disappointment slightly ever so slightly yeah I'm right there with you I think in a best case scenario knowing in that uh, mock draft scenario where Parsons comes off the board trading back to that spot and nabbing Parsons to me is the best case move but if, if Sewell's the pick I wouldn't cry all right John the stream did just do a jump and we are at 47 minutes. Let me just tell you really quick. I have Ben here at uh, 6.52. And then let me see if we missed anyone in between that the stream may have jumped. There was a second one from Blue Raw about the absence of a fifth-year option, uh, if you can find that one. Ben, thank you for that super chat, my friend. You've come on very strong of late. We see you. We appreciate you. Keep it coming. He says, considering that Fangio has his job on the line this year, a Seth a safe veteran quarterback, uh, a la Bridgewater, would make sense at a reduced cost. Not my first choice, though. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Bridgewater. You got to take a lot less money. Why would – if you're Bridgewater, though, Zach, why would you do that? Because the, 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 the Panthers have to pay you that money. 
So you're going to step over a dollar to pick up a dime. Right. It's, doesn't, it's doesn't make very sense. unfeasible in that sense. And also, I mean, he can just remain in Carolina if they want him there as the backup. There's no guarantee that Darnold's going to stay healthy for all 16 games or even perform well, so he can get the job back by default. So you're right. He doesn't really have incentive, and he and the Panthers don't have leverage to make him take that pay cut. So uh, I think it's unfeasible that the Broncos would acquire him at his current rate. Chris, again, appreciate you. He goes, what are your thoughts on the absence of a fifth-year option on Drew Luck? That's why I love a quarterback in the first round, especially if Locke has a subpar year. Yeah, it's not ideal. I mean, that's the one benefit. You know, it's like when the when the Vikings did trade up and drafted Bridgewater at pick 32, one of the reasons behind that was the benefit of having a fifth-year option if they want to take it. But is it a make or break? Not necessarily. Um, and it only matters if your quarterback is a relative hit in that first, th- you know, three seasons, basically. And if the Broncos have to pay Locke, that's a good problem to have. They'd be more than happy to cut that check because that would mean that he's a, an established, bona fide franchise quarterback. We would like to have the fifth-year option, but in, in let's say a year from now, if he balls out this year, I think the Broncos would be happy to lock him down with a multi-year contract. Simon up there in Canada, appreciate you, brother. He says, hello, gents. Merch showed up yesterday. Love the shirt. Cool. Hey, send us a pic, man. We need to see it. Uh, no interest in... Teddy, two gloves for me. We've seen his worth and find it wanting. If Peyton desires a quarterback, find it in the draft. All right, find it or maneuver. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. 
They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Because it's really looking like, Zach, and who knows how there's surprises every year in the draft and how things ultimately unfold and shake out. But it's looking like you have to trade up to four if you want to guarantee one of the five, and including Mac Jones. Like, Mac Jones might not be there at nine, and I would hate Mac Jones for the Broncos in the first round. <laughs> In the top 10, round two, I think it would be good value. Top 10, miss me on that. I think the only chance the Broncos have to not move up and land a quarterback is Mac Jones going to number three and Fields falling to nine. I, that's the only way, the scenario that I see possible as it's laid out now. But we don't know, Chad, for sure that the Broncos want a blue chip first round quarterback. They might want a quarterback, but it could be Kellen Mond and not Trey Lance. It could be Davis Mills and not Justin Fields. They're, they will get a quarterback at some point, but don't you know? put all your eggs in one basket. Anyone out there in Broncos country thinking it's got to be a first-rounder or bust. They have other avenues they can explore. For what it's worth, John, I'm only seeing one from Zach Lee Butler, FYI, on the back end. Uh, BG, again, thank you, dog. Yes, but you guys are not counting Jerry Judy as a liability, meaning you know we said receiver's not a need, but I am. I can't say I like a rookie acting like this and can remember – can't remember any Broncos rookie acting like him in my lifetime. I feel the disappointment. We expressed at different times last year some disappointment in Judy and just kind of being mystified over some of his, you know, optics. But I don't see it as that egregious. Like it right. wasn't that bad. <laughs> Love you, BG, but I don't see it as that bad, dude. That's what I was going to say. It's like, what did he do that? Did I miss a murder he committed? Did I miss, uh, you know, some domestic violence incident? I mean, he was, he had his drop problems for sure. He was very immature on Twitter, but again, he was 21 years old, fresh out of college in the big, under the big lights of the NFL and thrust into a role he was not prepared for or expected to be part in the number one receiver in the Broncos offense and compounded by all of that were the, the quarterback struggles, the play calling struggles. Pat Shermer did him no favors putting him in situations where he can blossom. That's why it took until week 17 to see the Jerry Judy that the Broncos thought they were getting at pick 15. So I, I don't think he's a liability. I don't think he's going to be, you know, flipped for a pick anytime soon. He's a long-term Broncos receiver, and I promise you, Jerry Judy will have a bounce back here in 2021. We had a massive, massive um, superstar on Facebook, Matthew Beatty. John, if you see him, uh, his question, and then also one from Jeremy Kusick. Kusish? Kuchish? I'm not sure how you pronounce that, Jeremy. My apologies. Uh, keep an eye out for them. Mike Kane, appreciate you, my brother. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you hit us up in the mentions, connect with us, let us know who you are, because oftentimes we have to repeat this every once in a while. The YouTube handle is not always the same as what it is on Twitter. We we like you to hit us over the head like it's a two-by-four saying, hey, it's me, it's Mike Kane, so we can follow back and uh, keep tabs. But appreciate the love. He says, great show. As always, guys, glad we dodged Darnold. So, Zach, we learned, for what it's worth, that the Broncos explored the potential trade for Darnold. Like, they checked on it, but not seriously, because when they realized what the ask was, they didn't view him as, as, as we heard from guys like Troy Rank and others, 
as enough of an upgrade over Locke or an upgrade at all over Locke to justify capital that he ended up going for to Carolina. But then there was a report the night of the trade, and I believe it was from Schefter, who said there was no other suitors uh, for Sam Darnold. So we don't really know what anyone's doing, and I think it's a credit to George Payton, like we mentioned, for keeping the leaks out of Dove Valley, giving no intimation which way he's leaning and kind of keeping everything close to his vest. This is part of the reason why, at least to me, he's a home run hire as GM because he always operates with the Broncos' best interest in mind. It's going to be interesting, Chad, to see where he ends up going come late April. Grudem, appreciate the generosity and support. As always, my friend, we are really looking forward to meeting you in person here very soon on the show. He says, uh, I don't think we're taking a quarterback round one. If we did, though, and Shermer's scheme is as lackluster as we anticipate it to be, do you think Peyton fires him midseason and promotes Mike Shula to temporary offensive coordinator, hashtag draft ready, hashtag state of being? I think that would depend to me on a few uh, circumstances. If the Broncos are competitive by midseason and uh, they're just floundering on offense, I think they might want to make a desperation move to keep their season alive. But I think for the most part, though, because Pat Shermer, Mike Shula, Vic Fangio, Donatello, McMahon, they're all connected. They're all under the same umbrella. They're all pretty much coaching for their professional lives this coming season. So I think Peyton being as patient as he's been so far and having that that wherewithal, I think he would give the entire season, unless it's just a train wreck, unless you're losing like eight, nine games in a row, I think the entire coaching staff will get the entire season and they'll go from there. Call of Judy, a very nifty handle there on YouTube. Appreciate you. Let Locke have another year and draft an impact defender. There are quarterbacks in the 22 class with elite traits that just need to piece it together. Hashtag SoCal. All right, state of being, baby. Yeah, that, I mean, look, even if right now there were not, there wasn't one single even fringe first round caliber quarterback projected for 2022, guys, it's nothing to lose sleep over. Did anyone know Zach Wilson's name this time last year? No, nobody. All right. Was Trey Lance, I mean, he was viewed as an interesting prospect to kind of keep an eye on, but was he a top five? No. Was Mac Jones this time last year, Zach? No. Exactly. So, guys, don't trip. The college football season will spit out who ultimately will end up being the real threats if there's going to be first-round caliber quarterbacks, and there will be. I mean, there's a first-round quarterback at least one or two every single year. So don't sweat so much on 22, which is why I'm still all about run it back with Drew one last year, and if, it's, if, he, if he craps the bed, look, you get to start over at head coach probably, and you get to pick your own quarterback. And I think a guy next year, Spencer Rattler, I know he has immaturity concerns, but if he gets those under control and those head problems under control, Chad, between the eyes, that is the by far the number one prospect. And the Broncos, depending on how they finish, they could be in the market for him. They, there will be a quarterback, plenty of quarterbacks next year, despite the narratives out there, despite what people will tell you that the Broncos could pursue if Locke does bomb. And Rattler, what was that show on Netflix he was featured on, the quarterback show? Uh, um when he was a high school prospect getting recruited. Um, it'll come to I, me. But I spaced it, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Interesting young guy. Came from a good family. Um, I'd like to see him put together like a real solid full season before I go any head over heels. I mean, he's played a – you know, it's not to say he doesn't have experience at Oklahoma, but I want to see him put together a – QB1. You know, That's what it is. What is it? The show, QB1. There you go. Travis. Uh, good to see you, bro. This is a guy, Travis Weber, that's active 
on our social media, especially Facebook. Appreciate it. He goes, if Denver does go quarterback in the mid-rounds in the draft, who do you like? I like um, I like Davis Mills from Stanford, one-year wonder. I like Kellen Mond. Those would probably be my top two. Jamie Newman is a guy maybe, depending on you know defined mid-round. But nevertheless, those are the two guys in that order for me. Mills, Mond. Exactly. The one guy I don't want, though, is Kyle Trask. I want nothing to do with him at all. He's so uninspiring. Just avoid him at all costs. Um, sorry, John. Do you, uh, grab that one. You have him, then we'll grab Dennis if you have him. Matthew Beatty with a very, very generous uh, super chat. Stars on Facebook. Thank you, bro. He says, never able to watch live because I work nights, but I love listening to you guys on iHeartRadio. What do you think if we draft uh, Trask from Florida? It, he fits the Vikings QB style, but I believe in Locke. Matthew, I'll let Zach continue to drop some knowledge on this. Trask to me is a very limited, limited quarterback. I just have one comment. I would need a flask if the Broncos draft Kyle <laughs> Trask for sure. I want nothing to do with that guy at all. Period. But but hey, man, appreciate the question, I'm, and yes. we appreciate the support. Thanks for finding us on iHeart and for making it to a live one and supporting the channel, supporting the podcast. We appreciate you, Doc. Um, Dennis Woods, again, appreciate you. He goes, I read your article, Zach. How is that performance uh, determined, i.e. Justin Simmons 100%, uh, Duke Dawson? That's confusing. While you explain this, I'll bring up the article. Yeah, so the NFL every year, they award, uh, the NFLPA, I should say, the Players Association, they reward performance-based bonuses. It's kind of a complicated uh, calculation. It's kind of like the schedule formula, Chad. We don't know what really goes into it, but it's relative to the, the playing time a player gets in a season compared to their contract. So if a player, and like Locke, for example, he's the basis of the article, if a player is getting a, a low amount of money, but they play a bunch of snaps, the NFL kicks them a little bonus at the end of the year. So uh, that's why you're seeing Simmons made a lot more money than uh, someone like it was uh, Duke Dawson did. So it's all relative to how much they're making and how many snaps they get. It is confusing, but that's the NFL. Sometimes they're uh, a little out there. So to quote Zach, we don't often quote ourselves live, but here's what it says. These bonuses are calculated for and awarded to players who outperform their respective contracts relative to playing time. Some made out better than others. Inside linebacker Alexander Johnson, who logged 96.2% of Denver's defensive snaps, banked a team high 539,000 while offensive tackle Quinn Bailey earned a pittance 949 bucks. Among the more fortuitous recipients is Drew Locke who netted 228k after taking 70% of the offensive snaps, locked through for etc cetera, etc cetera. and then um Zach breaks it down. So guys go read the article and you can get get a Malik Reed also got a nice little payout, yeah. Josie Lloyd, Timmy P very nice. Michael O, Dalton Reisner, Draymond. Oh, I love seeing Deshaun Williams get a little bump, too. And the thing about Locke, though, is his bonus was a fourth of his salary from last year. He made 800 k or so, and his bonus was 228 k So it's uh, a little interesting for Locke making a uh, little payday out of nowhere, despite how, how bad he played last year. All right, guys, we are at the one-hour mark, and um, I got to keep tonight's show a little bit high and tight. All right, so let's grab these remaining supers, and then we got a dip. Michaela, good to see you. Appreciate the Duchess chiming in and supporting the cause. She says, sorry I'm late. Had to work late. Wanted to show some love, though. Hats off. Appreciate you. you. Appreciate you. 
uh, a, a live stream is not complete without you. Johnny, a newer name on Super Chat. Appreciate you. Keep Welcome. it coming. Reach out on Twitter. Do you guys think we have enough strength and depth on the O-line? Or should we be trading or drafting for depth? You still need depth. You got a solid swing guard future guy in Natani Muti. Tackle is uh, beyond James and Bowles, man. It's Calvin Anderson. And then, <laughs> so, so no. The depth, the, the starting five on paper, more than respectable. Could be one of the better O-lines in the game. The depth, concerning. Yeah, the, the, the depth is top, bottom five in the NFL. It's pretty much uh, uh, non-existent. You have Muti, you have Calvin Anderson, and then who do you have? I mean, literally, you're, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, and that's why we're saying it might not be a bigger need than quarterback or cornerback or safety or inside linebacker, but offensive line and specifically tackle is a premium need in this draft. All right, we got one here as well from BG. And I think this is our last super, and then we got a dip for tonight. He says, I definitely uh, have to disagree with taking Parsons over the best player available if Smith and Sewell are on the board outside of a quarterback. You have to take the best player, right? No. Wrong. Look, in a perfect world, sure, you want the best player available, but very few teams, BG, actually just purely draft BPA. Um, It's always BPA at a relative position of priority. So I'm with you, though, in terms of, you know, if I think long and hard about it, if Sewell's there at nine, he's he's a more bank. It's first of all, Sewell plays a cornerstone position. When you look at building the Super Bowl roster, you need franchise tackles. You got one, or at least we're hoping you do, in bowls, right? He had that step forward last year. You paid him, but getting a Penny Sewell that would solve in a perfect world tackle for the next five years. Whereas linebacker, there's a reason the Broncos continue to not draft one in the first round. It's not a premium first round caliber position that it once was just because the game went from being a a game that takes place, you know, almost exclusively in the box to be in an aerial attack and a passing. And so the priority and the value of inside linebacker dip doesn't mean there aren't transcendent talents that are worthy of first round consideration. Parsons is definitely one of them, in my opinion, Roquan Smith, you know, uh, who's the kid from uh, LSU last year that just won the Super Bowl? I'm just having a brain fart. Devin White. Um, there are exceptions, but nevertheless, I like Parsons because I think he makes a more immediate impact need uh, or me- a more immediate impact for the team fitting a need that they don't have because, look, in for a dime, in for a dollar. Juwan James, because of that contract, he's your right tackle if he chooses to play football this year. Yeah, that's a big if. And uh, Brian, I understand why you think that, but here's a little, you know, a kind of a, analogy for you to uh, grasp it a little better. In the second round, the BPA on Kansas City's board may well be Kellen Mond, but they're not going to take him because they have a quarterback. Ideally, you want BPA to intersect with need. And that's why it's so fortunate for the Broncos because at number nine, if they stay there, they're guaranteed to land a player minus maybe a quarterback at a position of need, whether that's tackle, inside linebacker, or cornerback. So that's why whether it's Parsons or Sewell, I'm good with it, Chad. You're you're nailing a position of need one way or the other. All right, guys, before we go, we got to say thank you to our great superstars on Facebook. And we got to pretty much everyone except Jeremy here, Matthew, Kobe, uh, Kobe, we missed any comment you might have had, but nevertheless, we'll keep an eye out next time. Thank you for the support. Randy Jones, Brad Murdoch, Dave Barber, Jeremy, appreciate each and every Thank one you of guys. you, our superstars. Yeah. Look, 
If you were with us tonight live, we appreciate each one of you as well. Those of you listening after the fact on demand as a podcast for whether it's iHeart, Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening, there's about 20,000 people that listen on that RSS feed. We love each and every one of you guys as well. But that's got to do it for tonight's episode of the Huddle Up podcast. We'll be back tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailbag. Looking forward to that. And we will announce tomorrow night the winners of the last two weeks giveaway for the Huddle Up podcast Facebook page. And if you're wondering what we're talking about, gang, open up Facebook, find the Huddle Up podcast. Just search Huddle Up podcast or go to this exact link, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Make sure you're liking and following that page and you will automatically be entered to into the drawing that we randomly select a winner each week for the foreseeable future. We don't plan the, there's no moratorium coming on that being a thing for the foreseeable future. So go take care of that. Follow the page. As you know, we have stopped streaming to the MHH Superfans uh, group here on the page. It's just a huddle up podcast on our Facebook page. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of some of the unique exclusive content we have planned for that page, which is why we're telling all of you, hey, even if you enjoy the show mostly on YouTube, even if you mostly are on Twitch, wherever, Twitter, make sure you go like and follow that page because we got some content coming down the pike unique to you. Dave from Georgia, love you, bro. Appreciate you. I'm hoping Peyton trades back, picks up more draft picks. Broncos country, let them hate. Let them hate, baby. We we wouldn't mind seeing that either, but uh, riff off uh, Dave and then sign us on out of here. Well, Dave, we appreciate your support as always. Thank you for tuning in with us tonight. And I would not mind it either. And that's why I said in, in Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft, he has Parsons going at 12, 13, whatever it is. If the Broncos can trade back to that spot and still nab Micah Parsons, I think for non-quarterback maneuvers, that's the best way to go. So, Dave, I'm right there with you. Uh, but, yeah, that's got to do it for tonight. So we will see our audience tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern, the Mile High Mailbag. Um, if you have any questions for Chatter, I'd be sure to hit us up on Twitter at Kelberman NFL at Chad N. Jensen. As you can see, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get yourself a hat. Get yourself a hat that Chad's wearing. Get yourself some merch. Uh, have a good night, though, Chad. Excellent Wednesday night. Excellent Wednesday podcast. John, have a good night down there. I see you still working hard. Everyone, have a great night in the chat. We will see you tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden. And the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 